This is the Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. Nothing good ever seemed to come of the ships that came to their islands. The first were Spanish in 1606, but they were good enough to leave. Then Captain Cook stopped by in 1774, claimed the islands for England, and then he left too. But the English couldn't leave well enough alone. That was their whole thing back then. And the people of these South Pacific islands, islands they called Vanuatu, but Captain Cook called the New Hebrides, these people had heard stories from their fathers' fathers who had been told by their fathers' fathers and on and on about Englishmen who tried to take all of their sandalwood trees and tried to make them believe in a white god. And they also heard the stories of how in the 1830s their ancestors kicked the Englishmen out after five years of fighting and occasionally eating them. And of how three decades later the English came back because they could never just leave well enough alone. And the French came too looking for people to work their plantations in Fiji and Australia and elsewhere. And when half of the men on your islands have been taken away in ships to who knows where, it's hard to muster much resistance. And so the islanders' fathers' fathers' fathers worked for the English and the French. And then their fathers' fathers learned about a white god up in a place called heaven. And then their own fathers believed in that white god of the Europeans. But then, in the late 1930s, they were told that a different white god was coming. A shaman named Manahivi walked into the woods, drank tea made from hallucinogenic roots, and walked out with the word. A new god was coming to their islands. He would bring wealth, and he would send the Europeans away for good. And his name would be John Frum. Things get jumbled up in this story, and that tends to happen when you're dealing with stories passed from fathers' fathers to fathers to sons to Western historians in over their heads in the South Pacific. So there are conflicting accounts, a couple of certain fabrications. Dates get confused. But there is one date we can be sure about. On December 7th, 1941, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And soon after, a new set of white men, kids from Valentine, Nebraska, from North Hero, Vermont, started flooding into Vanuatu. And these Americans were different than the Europeans. First, some of them weren't white. And to the people of Vanuatu, uninformed about American racism or about segregation and discrimination within the American military, to see people who look like them enjoying a level of comfort and prosperity that they'd only seen lavished on white people, that was extraordinary. And beyond that, Americans were nice. They smiled. They were friendly. And the islanders found that a wide-eyed Midwesterner, feeling his first tropical breeze, Beat a career colonialist with designs in your natural resources or your immortal soul any day of the week. But there was something else about these Americans that impressed the people of Vanuatu. They had so much stuff. They had gleaming metal ships, radios, cigarettes, Quonset huts, jeeps. And what was more, these Americans didn't seem to do any work to get any of it. Something would break and a brand new something would float down from the sky in a box with a parachute. The Americans didn't plant anything, they didn't build anything, they didn't hunt anything. They put on matching clothes and walked side by side in circles. They'd unfold a rectangular piece of colored cloth, hoist it up to the top of a pole in the morning, and then bring it back down at the end of the night. They'd take a pile of paper and move it from a box marked in to a box marked out. For the people of these islands, who knew little of the ways of modern nations, who had no iron in their soil, never mind mills to turn it into steel, or shipyards to turn it into ships, 
or markets to turn it into wealth. For these people, there was only one explanation. The Americans had found favor with the gods. In their flag folding and their marching and their morning reveille and their pointless paper pushing could only be religious ritual. It could only be the work of John Frum. There is no one story that fully explains what happens next. There is no definitive answer. But such are the ways of faith. The Christian religion has Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This one only has John. He was the living incarnation of Kerparamon, which, as you all know, is the god of Mount Tukasamura. He appeared to several people as an American serviceman. He said his name was John Frum. He had arrived as had been foretold. And he said that the Americans would leave soon, but that he would return someday. And when he came back, he would make them free. And he would bring them wonderful things. If they kept the faith. And they did. When the Americans left and took down their flags, dismantled the radio towers, the followers of John Frum put up their own. They built control towers out of trees and rope, made headphones out of coconut shells. They carved airstrips out of the jungle. They did the things they'd seen the Americans do that seemed to bring planes and cargo. They repeated the rituals of the American holy men. They put on matching clothes and marched in formation. They painted USA on their chests. They painted stars and stripes on pieces of cloth and hung them from poles. Now, historians and anthropologists, even the United States military, have tried to figure out just how this happened, just how this religion started. Why would its God take the form of an American soldier? And why would he be called John Frum, of all things? There are currently at least 10 John Frums living in the United States, one in Omaha, one in Portland, Oregon, a handful in West Virginia, another in California, in a town called Freedom. But military records show that no one by that name served in the Pacific during World War II. So some academics speculate that John Frum was a kind of generic. He was John from America. Others say that Frum is actually the local pronunciation of the word broom, that John Broom would come and sweep away the Europeans. And in a way he did. The cult of John Frum continued for decades and morphed into a political movement, one that helped Vanuatu achieve independence in 1980. And they did receive a lot of wonders, telephones, refrigerators, Coca-Cola, though few people would confuse global trade in consumer goods with divine intervention. But John Frum hasn't returned, though the faithful believe he still will. The date of his return was revealed to a holy man many years ago, February 15th, though he wasn't told the year. And so they wait, in March, on that day every year, in matching pants, in USA, painted in white on their bare chests, holding sticks that have been carved to look like rifles. And they look up to an American flag, and beyond it, waiting for something to come down from the sky. <laughs>